What is the most uncomfortable conversation you can have with your parents? I'm sure a lot of funny conversations popped into your mind, but the universal most awkward, uncomfortable conversation is helping them plan what is going to happen to their estate. It's Seven Figures. I'm Sandy Waters. Every Friday, we hope to add to your arsenal of financial wisdom, tips to help you be smart with your money because it is your money. You worked hard for it. And if you do not have a will, if you don't help your parents set up their will or estate planning, it could get ugly. Not to mention the nursing home will grab a a chunk of the estate or the government will try to dip their hands in it with taxes. How do we avoid it all? What's the best way to strategize this? We cash in with our experts, well-known CPAs in our area, Tom Petrella and Michael Phillips from Petrella Phillips. Thanks for helping us out with this. Thank Thank you for inviting us. us. Thank you. It is without a doubt a tough conversation to have with our parents talking about divvying up their assets as they age or even for ourselves to think about it and start planning it. What is that right age, though? The estate planning starts... It can start at any age, depending on the assets of an individual, the wealth of an individual. It can start as young as age 30 or whatever, any age that's Sometimes useful. people think the stereotype is the image that comes to your mind when you think estate planning or setting up a trust is right. very wealthy people. Not necessarily. Okay. You know, there's whether you have special needs trusts for kids mm. uh, who have special needs, you know, there's an arena where you can start that right away. If you have a living trust, you know, everything goes into a living trust. If your parents, let's say, are getting up in age and they want to simplify their life, they would put things into a living trust. Well, that doesn't help you for Medicare planning, but what it does do is it facilitates the probate. So when they do pass away, the beneficiaries receive it pretty readily and freely without going through probate. Okay, let's talk about that probate. When there is a death in the family, without a doubt, it's an emotional time. You witness a different side of people when you start divvying up the estate. And sometimes money brings out the worst in people. And many times it tears families apart. So what can we do to avoid it? Should we start talking with our parents now? To make sure that they have wills in place. Okay. They have beneficiaries named on policies for insurance. As well as, well as IRAs. Their IRAs. Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs. We see a lot where case. people don't have beneficiaries on their IRAs. On their CDs and a lot of and a lot of uh, financial documents. There's there's no cost to setting beneficiaries on any policy, and upon a person's passing, if a person has an IRA and that person passes and the beneficiaries are named, the brokerage uh, uh, account where that IRA is is held, uh, whether it's a bank or at a at a big brokerage house, that will pass outside of the estate, outside of probate, directly to the beneficiaries. And okay. that speeds things up, and it's generally very quick. And the same thing on a, on a traditional bank account. If you have a, a savings account at you know, XYZ Bank and you have a TOD on the account, transfer upon death, that money flows directly to the beneficiary right away. And the beneficiaries, you know, it, it sounds easy, but it has to be chosen carefully. You know, if you have kids that may have special needs or you have family members that are on services, you don't necessarily want to put their names on certain items. So, you know, when they, if they do receive this money, it might inhibit something as a benefit they're getting from the state or from oh. the government. It's not as easy a choice yeah. as you think. It takes a lot of thinking. The trust take a lot of thinking for who's going to administer the trust, who's going to be the beneficiaries, who's going to be the trustees. Uh, and do you want can co-trustees? You, there's no limit to how many people you can name as beneficiaries, right? You can have all the kids. 
Okay, do whatever yes. you want. Yes. Okay. Now, how do we avoid as much as we can the estate tax? Planning. Planning, absolutely. But currently, right now, I mean, there's been proposals by the current president to, to, eliminate, to eliminate a lot of the estate tax and the death tax. Like the six years ago when George Steinbrenner passed away, well, yeah. he did it right at the right time. The year 2000, and it was. Was it 2000? Were, there was a was gap it? in the estate tax rules where there was no estate tax at all. So George passed, Steinbrenner passed away the year that there were no, no estate limits. taxes. So he, he, he so his estate passed tax free. Right. Probably planned that way. We don't know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> when you both said quickly planning is how to avoid it, what do you mean planning? What, what do we need to do today well, to start the, planning? The, the first thing that you, you would do in any type of an estate plan is first you have to determine what your assets are. Right. You really have to go back and say, okay, the house, the car. Who owns my, what? Who owns what? Where are my 401ks? Where's my IRA? Do I have a pension that I forgot about? Uh, do I have bank accounts that, that are dormant? Stock um, portfolio. Stock certificates in my safe deposit box. Life insurance policies. So the first step is to, is to put that. all that stuff in a basket and identify what it is. And, and then you can start the process of planning. And you have to have an end game for what is the purpose of your estate well, plan. Is it to avoid taxes? Is it to be able to know that if a parent is going to eventually need nursing home care, that you want to structure your assets in a way that they're protected so that you can leave an inheritance and let the state pick up the cost of your care okay, in a long-term facility? Yes. Part of that comes from one of the main planning issues is splitting your assets equally amongst husband and wife so that you both take advantage of the estate rules that are out there. Again, whether you're looking for an estate plan or a Medicare plan, you may not want to split your assets equally because one spouse might be sicker than the other. But typically, in an estate plan, you'll split the assets equally. So you both take exam the exemptions from the federal So when rates. you say split, you get a, you get all these things in your basket, all, yeah. all your assets, and you say, okay, all... You retitle them to the husband or the wife. And, and then where do we put all the... Where do we name all this stuff? In the will? Do no, you change the, the, change the, the documents will, themselves. Your will is part of your estate. Right. Um, but oh, for instance, the, 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 the deed on, on a deed on a home can be changed to either reflect a, one individual, two individuals. Stock uh, a lot of times, uh, deeds on homes are actually put in the children's name, and, and then the parent gets a lifetime use on it. And these are all things that are done by a, a very select handful of attorneys in Rochester who only do this. Right. And if you ask any of these estate planning attorneys what the rules are, they'll say on what day. Yeah. Uh, New York State is constantly changing the rules um, as to what qualifies, what the look back is for Medicaid. Um, oh, when, when you always hear stories about, well, I'm trying to get this out of my name so I can get Medicaid for going yes. to nursing home okay. care. Right. Right. And, there's and a five-year look back. There's a look back five on years. that. Okay. But then it's different if you're a veteran, the rules are different. If you have other different types of insurance, if you have long-term care policies, which okay. are getting more and more expensive to buy and less and less companies are selling them, but long-term care is part of an estate plan. And how does that fit in to the overall mix of what the attorney's putting together? And complex estate planning for someone with, with maybe a, a million dollars of assets, which it may sound like a lot, it's not a lot but when me. you figure you have, you have workers in Rochester who retired from Kodak that have five, six hundred thousand dollar retirement values in their yeah. in their accounts, throw in a house for a couple hundred thousand right. bucks, some cash, some savings, and other assets. A million dollars is not out of reach for right. a lot of people. 
And to properly plan for an estate for a million dollars, it is expensive, but you're protecting that money so you have something to pass down. It is an awkward conversation to have with your parents. Put the house in my name. Put the car in (laughs) my sister's name and put your stocks in someone else's name. But that is the wise way to do it, to avoid the estate taxes and to make it. Yeah, and if if parents are gun shy with doing that, then a lot of times you'll set up a trust for the children because they can still have the income benefits from the trust and they feel that they haven't lost all control over everything Yeah, because yeah. it hasn't all been turned over. So is a trust the way to think about Usually, usually trust? A, a trust would be, you know, if there's no immediate need, a trust would be probably the way to go. But a lot of parents, you know, it's not that they don't trust the kids from what we see. They just don't want to give up control. Well, and they yeah. feel that if it goes to a trust, they still have some control over it, which is yes and no. But if it goes to the kids, they feel like they've lost all control. So, but the trust, though, are we dealing with estate taxes at the end? No. The income and distributions from the trust would stay with the parents. That's the only downside to it, that any income they're getting from the trust, God forbid they went in a nursing home, would actually go to the nursing home. How do we and avoid so if you, that nursing home? We gotta and put then you got to give it directly to names. the kids. And that's where, like you said, it's a fight between the parents and the kids and just a mindset. That's a mindset. It is awkward because now you're uh, inviting spouses into For the average person, we try to look at that at age 60 to 65. But again, if you have a business client that you're doing work with, you know, like I say, you can start that process as early as 40, 50 years old. How easy is it to say, okay, I want the deed of the house to go to so-and-so's name instead? That's actually very easy to do. Those Uh, little things are easy to get this basket of assets and and disperse it. Very simple. And, 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 And really a family's general practitioner uh, that takes care of just their real estate closing and basic things would be a good starting place for a lot of people to say to their attorney, um, you know, my house is worth $150,000. I want to put it in my kids' names and have them give me life use of it. That's a very common thing that attorneys do. It's kind of a first step in an estate plan. So, okay. And it's, it's not very expensive. Uh, there's recording fees and a little bit of professional time. This way the parents feel like they're not being kicked out of their house. Right. The life interest, it, it, it guarantees them that the kids yeah. can't, you know. Yeah, that probably is the fear. And, and, and a lot of times there are cases where, um, again, I have a client that the father died and his two kids uh, are set to inherit quite a lot of money. However, they have not been able to show to the uh, trustee of the money that they're responsible with the money. So the money's in a trust, which they don't have access to. Who's the trustee? The trustee trustee is another family member, which is good. But the money was set up for them. The money's set up for the two kids. Another family member, okay. And and the two children have to, and the father father did this while the kids were alive. He said that I'm going to do this because I need to know that you're both going to be responsible. Okay. That you're not going to each walk away with a half a million bucks in cash. Yeah. Blow the wad and and have nothing. So the kids were not able to demonstrate some level of basic financial uh, acumen. And um, so the money now is locked up in a trust. They, they, there's metrics that were put in place in the trust of what the kids have to do in order for them to be able to get money from it. It's the second year and so far, neither of them has shown any remorse for how they want to plan and spend their money. But that's a different type of trust altogether. But for right. estate planning, it's the most important thing, like Tom said, is to start the conversation. Okay. Um, and, start and everybody's roadmap is different. It depends on the children. It depends on the needs of the family and a whole plethora of, uh, yeah. of different choices. And, and we have in, in, in the Rochester and, and, you know, Western New York area, we have a huge number of clients that are snowbirds. They go to Florida for six months yeah. of the year. 
And what if their if the residency is Florida or another state, but they're here for the summer, that changes the estate planning as well because Florida's rules are different than oh. New York's rules. So we have a lot of clients that they're, they're only part-year New York residents. Um, and then it's doing your estate plan, not in New York, but that's subject to Florida rules. Okay, time for your return on investment. We appreciate you investing your precious time to this podcast. So the ROI, the big lesson from today. I would say the, the most important thing for people to do is to know what their assets are. Again, to, to begin to put together a basket, even if you're not contemplating retirement, to make your financial life simpler. You know, minimize your bank accounts, try and put all of your stocks and investments in one place so that they're easier to find and track. Okay. Um, and that also at tax time helps tremendously because it's easier to gather your records and not forget anything. The main thing you can do is assess that your husband and your wife's health, figure out that we normally should split the assets 50-50 so that your will is in place and you have what we call spillover trusts so that you can both take advantage of the federal and the state exclusions that are out there. Whereas if it's only in one name, you're going to get the 5.4 million exclusion. But if you split your assets properly, you both take advantage of the, the exclusion. Planning is the key to everything, communication with your CPA. We kind of know most of our clients, how they act and, and what their needs are. So with just the, from communication with the estate planning in the, in the setting up a trust, that's a conversation first to call each asset that you have and start dispersing it amongst other people. But also the conversation is with a lawyer and a CPA. Or? We work closely with the attorneys. Yes. Okay. Yep. We, we gather the information, we do all the accounting for it. And then we usually turn it over to an attorney and work with them to craft a plan that's best for everybody. Okay. And, and, then, and a lot of times the, the taxpayer's financial planner or financial advisor will be there yeah. because somebody's got to hold the assets. There has to be a vessel or a brokerage account that, that's going to contain the assets of the trust or the assets of, the, of, of whatever has been put together, the plan. Estate planning, okay, we know it's important, but how much is this going to cost? What fees are involved? Fees can range. I've seen fees anywhere from eight to $12,000 yeah. to set this up. When you, you know, say eight to twelve thousand dollars, that's that's a big number. It's, it's Can a we lot of do money. This on our own, you know, by doing it on your own, I think you're missing the, the interpersonal skills of putting a team together and making sure that you have a package that's going to protect you. If you go on LegalZoom, LegalZoom is going to give you the forms. Yeah, and you're only going to know what that form is telling you. We like to take clients and put them in a cocoon, if you will, and say, "We put this plan together. Here's your cocoon. It can't. Nobody can get in it. Nothing can come out of it unless you want it to happen." But the online tools are not going to have that complete blanket for you unless okay. you yourself have the knowledge of how to put that blanket around you. That's why with the CPA, the financial advisor, and the attorney, it may cost some money. But again, I think a well-prepared plan will save you that fee if, if spending, versus if spending, if, taxes and, and nursing home care. Yeah, spending $10,000 to protect less than a million, uh, that's a pretty good return, in my opinion to make sure that, that you can leave a legacy to your children and have somebody else pick up the care of nursing home costs. And, the, and you know, the cost of nursing home care, I so think the current's around 14, 15,000 a month for, for skilled nursing. If a person has an estate of four or $500,000, that money's gone in no time. And, well, see, and that's the thing, when you have aging parents, you see people feeding on correct. the fact that they're aging right. and you're trying to eliminate all those extra well, and that, costs. And that leads into another thing that, a lot of elderly people get talked into doing these revocable trusts, which
which are not helpful for nursing home planning. Irrevocable trusts are the only ones that will protect you from nursing homes. What they call revocable yeah. is is more like a living trust we talked about earlier. Yep. Whereas to facilitate your assets and your movement if you have out-of-state assets and to facilitate the, the beneficiary upon death. Uh, but it does not protect you from nursing home challenges. Yeah. And a lot of people sign these revocable trusts thinking that that's okay, that now I'm protected, and then come to find out they're not. Mm-hmm. And, and pretty much all of the estate planning attorneys in Rochester, and if if anyone needs a, a name or a reference for somebody, yeah, we have a, please have them call our office. We'd be glad to, yeah. to sit down and, and talk to them and make a referral. You've got to make and sure it's a, a fit. It's a fit, and that's that's the, the other key is the client has to be able to communicate well with the estate planning attorney. And we have clients that they don't, they, for whatever reason, they don't want to come downtown. Um, I need, I want someone who's in the suburbs. And we have other people that I don't care where they are. I'm going to go see the best person I can find to set up my trust uh, and, and my estate plan. And we find the need for them because we know the personality of our clients. We know what our clients expect. And we know which attorneys are going to work what way with what client. What makes one best in the business, one's fees higher than another? If you're all doing the research, wouldn't they all be equal? But with estate attorneys, the, the range of fees really... Those really, are pretty static. They're, they're pretty static. Um, they're pretty solid. Okay. Um, and really what it comes down to is what are the other services that the estate attorney is going to provide? Maybe on the slightly lower end, they may not do durable powers attorney. They may not do the healthcare okay. proxy. They may not. Again, they may not have well. the complete package. Right. Okay. And these you are may, questions you need to ask. Right. right. You because you might ask. need okay. to go person to person, but you right. might pay more doing what am that. I, what am I getting with, with my, with my, am I getting a three course dinner or a seven course dinner? Right. And this is the reoccurring thing that comes up with all of these podcasts. You have to have this open communication when it comes to your money. Some people are so nervous to ask Correct. who's in it for you. Right. How is my money being spent? Well, a lot of people feel because if they're paying something that, you know, the person's in it for themselves. There you know. is a lot to know when it comes to estate planning and the trust. And there's a variety of trusts. Like you just yeah. said. There's revocable, irrevocable. There's special, special needs trusts. There's charitable remainder trusts. I mean, life insurance trusts. Life insurance trusts. I mean. What's the most common? The general is irrevocable should... trusts and revocable. Revocable okay. is to facilitate. You not having to go through probate okay. doesn't help you for nursing homes. Irrevocable trust, your assets go in there. You can use the income from it, but it's exempt for nursing homes after the five-year look back has, has passed. But how about probate, all that nonsense? Same thing. It avoids, okay. it avoids probate. And then the next thing is to make sure you have the proper beneficiaries in place and the proper trustees to administer the trust. And, and making sure you have a will. If if people die without a will, what happens that your assets and estate are then probated by the public administrator. Oh, we learned that from Prince, right? Yes. Right. <laughs> so there, there's a lot of problems with, with his estate. The public administrator, the fees can be very high. And if there's no beneficiaries, eventually, they, if the public administrator can't find anybody to give your money to, right. guess who keeps it? Oh, well. Right. Ding, ding, ding. We're all right. right. You know, and there's with these trusts, you can use LLCs. There's there's a, just a whole different a whole uh, arena of yeah. things to play with.
Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining thank you. us hosting today. us. A lot, of, a lot of fun. Appreciate and, it. Uh, we appreciate the opportunity to be, oh, of, well. be of service and provide information to everybody in the Rochester area. Next week, what's a better fit for you and your financial needs? Credit unions versus banks. Pros and cons. We cash in with the expert CEO of Family First Federal Credit Union, Tom Dambra. Next week on Seven Figures on Twitter at Seven Figures Pod. And thanks for subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Play.